Welcome to the CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman, and I'm joined, as I am every week, and you may know him by his bullfighting name, Gordon Diaz, Shane Reeves. Gordon Diaz. Oh, I got it. <laughs> so I had to say it slowly. But I, so I, I love to do the trick to you where right before the mics get hot, I say, have you ever smoked this cigar? Yeah, I know. Because then the whole time you're doing the intro, you're saying, I'm a new cigar. I am also just so ramped up by spending the last two hours in traffic to go what should have taken me 25 minutes. So I've got that like nervous energy kind of riled up. Unfortunately, we don't have a whole lot of topics that are going to require us to bicker back and forth oh, this I'm, week. So I'm it's sure gonna, we'll, find we'll find something. something. Yeah. I'm sure we but, won't go with that. But I've got all this great, like, Energy that's just going to go to waste because I can't attack you with it. <laughs> well, so I was at the Madison, Alabama Cigar Room anniversary party this weekend. Great party. Love it. Go there every year. And I'm in the humidor, and the Perdomo rep comes up and introduces himself. Hey, I'm, I forgot his name. From Perdomo. I said. It wasn't Chris, was it? Probably. Chris Harper? Probably. I, I don't know. But sometimes <laughs> if you I don't he- know his name mean? It means that you might recognize it when you hear it. It's, okay, I'm trying to get you to this cigar. Are you going to keep interrupting? You know, I just I thought you might have met a friend of mine. I'm so, so sorry. Continue. Tell your story. So the Perdomo guy comes up to me, and I said, just the man I wanted to see. And I threw the gauntlet down. I said, when is Perdomo going to create something that knocks my socks off? And he said, well, have you smoked? And he pulls out the 25th anniversary. Yes, yeah, smoked it. Good, not great. Pulls out the champagne. Love the champagne. Not going to knock my socks off of that one. And so he keeps going through the list. I thought eventually he would just say, hey, here's 20 bucks if you'll just leave me alone. Right. Because you're really. Well, they don't make the addition to Silvio anymore. Yeah, you're really bumming me out. So he pointed to these 10th anniversaries. And he said, um, these are the ones that will knock your socks off. Have you smoked them yet? I said, no. So I think at this point he was just looking for whatever I hadn't smoked right. yet to try to get me to shut up and oh. get me out of the humidor. Of course. And I'll, and it was buy four, get one or two or something like that. You know, the deal at all. So I bought four. Now, here is the question. I brought them. I have not smoked one. I brought them for us tonight. I have two Sun Grown and two Maduro. Do we, A, both smoke a Maduro? B, both smoke a Sun Grown? Or C, one smokes a Maduro and one smokes a Sun Grown? No, that's a good... I'm going to leave that to your discretion. Well, I think... Okay, the Maduro or the Sun Grown. So the Sun Grown is Nicaraguan binder filler, Nicaraguan Puro, aged in a um, bourbon barrel. The wrapper was aged in a bourbon barrel. I think all of their cigars are... Or at least part of them are aged in bourbon barrels at this point. Well, probably. And And then the... Um, Maduro, it does not say aged in a bourbon barrel. It just okay. says it's a Maduro. And I'll, again, Nicaragua Maduro, Binder Maduro, Filler Maduro, supposedly Cuban seed tobacco, you know, Whatever that's the, worth. the usual line. Yeah. And I'll, so I hope I like the guy. Yeah. He seemed like a decent guy. You know, I hated that I was sitting there bashing him over the head about his cigars well, being mediocre. It, it happens. <laughs> but would you rather I be honest? <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I would rather someone be honest with me. So I was being very honest with him. Fair enough. And I'll, um, so I'm trying to decide because the sun grown, 
probably has the potential to be the better cigar. And Perdomo does sun-grown better than anybody else. The, Let, Ma- the Maduro is less li- is more likely to knock me down with strength, but not with flavor. Yeah, that's probably... So you think we should smoke the sun-grown? Let's do it. All right, we're smoking the sun-grown tonight, folks. Yeah, I, I really love Perdomo's sun-grown wrapper. It just, um, for whatever reason, I feel like they do it better than just about anybody else. Well, Perdomo does, and don't get me wrong, Perdomo people. Perdomo is a good cigar. Uh-huh. But I like a cigar. I like occasionally to pick up a cigar and say, holy cow, where wow. has this been all my life? Yeah. You know, I've, I picked up a box from Pedro's um, of the Don Gonzalez 10th anniversaries. And I called him and I said, Pedro, was last year just the greatest crop of tobacco in Nicaragua's history? He said, those are it. Because... I smoked five boxes of those. This new box is by far the best that cigar has ever been in my life. Oh. All right, so you went with the cut. I'm going to go with the punch. All right. It does Let's have a slight how... box press to it. Looks it like does. Looks like a Toro. I'm going to call that a 56 ring gauge. Yeah, they only had one size, so I didn't give. If I had had a choice, I would have made a choice. But I think it's a five and a five and a half by 56, something like that. Yeah, it's it. they call it the Epicure. And that's what they, that, that is their name for their Toro size. And just to everybody, I've, I've got to give everybody a quick primer on punches while you light your cigar. I've found myself explaining this like four times to the last people that have borrowed my punch. Don't grab the punch and plunge it into the cigar as if it's Dracula and you're a helpless villager. Gently lay the blade of the punch against the Rapper. Oh, do you have people just wrote oh, what, yeah, like, like they're giving Uma Thurman a shot of uh, <laughs> epinephrine or uh, yeah. adrenaline? Yeah, you think everybody grabs my punch and reenacts the scene from Psycho, the shower scene. <laughs> and it's like, hey, and they're like, oh, yeah, I don't use punch because it damages my cigar. Well, yeah, if you use it like a blankety blanket sledgehammer, <laughs> of course it's going to damage your cigar. <laughs> So, I've, so just so everybody knows out there, you can punch anything that isn't a torpedo. Box, press, whatever. Look at that punch. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. You lay it on there till you feel the blade contact the cigar at all points. And then just gently rotate the cigar a little and start feeling the, the blade The fact that cut. you're keeping eye contact with me while you're <laughs> describing this is incredibly unsettling. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't oh mean for it to get creepy. It's like being inside John Wayne Gacy's mirror. Oh, <laughs> just, just imagine you putting hey, on grease paint. Doo, 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 you know, I've got an incredibly mean bump joke that I wasn't going to use. You're getting it now. Fair enough. <laughs> so, but anyway, so please don't abuse the punch. Don't don't rough it up. Just an, all you're doing, you're not trying to impregnate the cigar with the the piece of steel. You so, just so, cutting the cap. Save the punches for your kickboxing class. Yeah, I mean, holy cow. All right, you talk about something while I smoke. All right. Um, so you mentioned you were in Alabama this weekend. Were you there? F- was the event intended to coincide with the, the big football game, or was that just a happy coincidence? Almost never happens that way. The event, So the event always happens in April. And, of course, this year, due to corona and all that stuff, they didn't get to have it in April. Gotcha. So... It's never been on the same weekend as the Tennessee-Alabama game before. And I think it's so funny, you know, that the Tennessee-Alabama game is still such a big thing considering the fact that Tennessee has not been worth a 
anything in a very long time. It, it's been incredibly one-sided. It's, it's, it's always hard for me to call something a rivalry when one side never wins. It's hard to be... Ri- so, so someone's more the other person's rival than they are... Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, I understand the concept. I understand what you're going for. But now, this is, you know, it's a big borders game. Everybody's yeah. together. Everybody has, you know, it, it is the big game. And all. And uh, it's been, I think it was 83 or 89 last time Tennessee actually beat Alabama. Uh, would have been 98. Was it in 98? It was a long time ago. When, when the Vols won the national championship, they had a perfect season. Yeah, that's true. When Peyton Manning was the quarterback. Okay. Nope, T. Martin. It was the year after Peyton Manning graduated. Uh, T. Martin. Anyway, so the important part of all this is... I sounded like I actually cared about Tennessee football. That was weird. You sounded like you cared about football in general. Yeah. And you were looking longingly into my eyes while you did it. (laughs) (laughs) That's your move. (laughs) Anyway, so apparently uh, Alabama fans from all over the world have been sending in photos of their cigar pictures. We talked about this on on the show, I think the last two years, about how one of the trademarks of this game is that the winner always sparks up cigars in the locker room. This cigar's got a long way to go getting my socks off. My socks are still firmly secured. My, my socks are not in danger, but I am really impressed. It's the I'm, I've just lit it. Yeah. So I'm going to give it, I'm not going to say too much because it needs to get fully warmed up. But yeah. having I, just lit it... Um, I, I need a little kick in the teeth on the front end if I'm, you're going to knock my socks off. Give it a little more. I'm a little ahead of you. Give it a few more minutes to, to kind of change your mind a little bit. It does it does start off a little slow, but you barely have to get into it before it starts to wake up a little bit. I Like I said, my socks are not around, about to be blown off either, but I'm really impressed so far. Well, this takes everything that we love about the champagne and just kind of dials it in to my palate a little bit better. Yeah, it does feel a little bit more champagne than it. Well, definitely you, more champagne than twenty fifth anniversary, sun grown, whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever. But I, and I believe that's because it's kind of intended in that vein. So anyway, so at al dot com, Alabama dot com, they have all of the fan pictures being sent in from all over the country of people smoking their post game cigar, and. My favorite game to do with this is to kind of flip through the pictures. It's obviously not good pod to sit here and talk about the pictures. No. But is to flip through the pictures and see what, what cigars I can pick out. Yeah, I, that's, that's, my, that's one of my favorite pastimes as well. Lots of machine mages. Um, oh, man, there's a cigar I have not seen in a long time. Uh, that's a uh, Menage a Trois by Blue Mountain Cigars. I've not seen one of those cigars in a long time. They're very good. It's got three different wrappers. Oh, okay. Is that, there's two or three of them that got the barber pole look going through these pictures. But just really fun just to see people enjoying their cigars. I'm Okay. Answer me this. Is this me being a cigar snob? Is this me not being a football guy? What is it in me that when my team wins, like, 54 to 14. Yeah, it's kind of like act like you've been there before kind of thing. Well, I'm just not going to pop the cap on a Perdomo or right. on a Padron. I might pop the cap on a, a yeah, Africa. Uh, uh, no, it's not. When it's that much around, it's not even Africa worthy for wow. me. Wow. I might. It would I be a that, daily I, smoke. Type. I think that comes down to your your lack of strong affiliation with any football team, more so than it does 
anything. I mean, I agree with you. Beating off, beating the pants off somebody doesn't deserve a, a, a real hard <laughs> celebration. <laughs> that other thing you talked about that deserves a lot of celebration. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. I couldn't let that one slide by. We usually Did it come out. Oh, Did exactly. It... Uh, <laughs> I had a cough right in the middle of trying to get to that next word, and it didn't. Oh, oh I wonder where you did that. I definitely Hopefully, not in the football stadium. I don't want to see a rate sheet or nothing. But I nowhere. Um, so beating the pants off of your <laughs> opponent, I think, definitely isn't padrone worthy. But it also is one of those things that, like. I think you would be more likely to if you fully supported the team involved. Well, I'm just thinking, if the Incredible Hulk just stomped Ant-Man, he probably wouldn't feel the need to light a cigar afterwards, right. would he? Well, and, <laughs> I mean, and that's kind of the... One of the things I always think is funny when we go through this is seeing all the people holding up the pictures of their cigars still in the cellophane. Like, I bought it. I'm not going to smoke it, but I bought it. Um... But one of the things I think is that guy gets a pass because he's in a hospital. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll give him. We'll give him, we'll give him an exemption. He's on oxygen for crying out loud. We can't blow the place he's, he's, up. He's holding a baby. I'm guessing. So, um, but yeah, I also think it's it, a, a lot of these people probably only smoke a cigar for the Tennessee Alabama game. Sure. So. I guess it's kind of our snobbery as being regular cigar smokers is to the point of like, well, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. But <laughs> yeah, to I them, would probably be a lot more pro Alabama football if the only cigar I got to smoke every year was in the event they beat Tennessee. And it would always be a Padron. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Because that, and and so I think that's I'm going to give them a pass on that. Um, but I do I do see your point. Well, and I like that they keep it classy. There's really no super white, you know, white trash type. Arrangements in this, except for that one. Eh, I absolutely detest people that do that. Do the smoking in front of the non-smoking sign? Yes, we we get it. You're a rebel. Look at the edge master. Yeah, but the other cool thing that come out of this. Yeah, this is this is pretty cool. Jalen, this is from Alabama.com. Jalen Waddell smoked his cigar in the back of the ambulance. First and foremost, I'd like to say thank you to that ambulance driver for turning the other hit, well, for turning the oxygen off and turning the other right. cheek while he fired up a cigar. But there's this beautiful picture. The guy got injured in the kickoff of the game. He's down. He's out. And after the game, his team is out there around him at the ambulance, and they're all smoking cigars. How cool is that? That's really cool. I think that's a great show of player solidarity, and I think it's a great way. You know, this... Ankle breaks nothing to sneeze at. You know that's good. he's going to have a hard road of recovery here, especially to to get back on the field by next season. So, um, I think I thought that was a great showing by his teammates. Well, and just for moving forward, that's that's enough Alabama football cigars. Thank you. Moving forward, for everyone in the in the fantasy poker league. My wife won the monster game for the third year in a row last night. <laughs> Is she going to share any of the cigars with you? Oh, yeah. She actually volunteered to, if I hadn't already had planned this, she'd volunteered to let me bring us a couple of Karloffs to try. So I'll bring us a couple of Karloffs in a future podcast to try. That is very generous of her. But she just came in quiet, soft. And so 
not to get too far into the story, but I have to tell this portion of the story. I'm sitting there with pocket sixes. Pete is sitting beside me. Pete is the best poker player at the table. I mean, it just is what it is. I'm, I'm cool. I'm secure yeah. in my pokerness that I can say he's a better player. And there's than I enough am. chance involved in the game of poker that pro- proves the point of the fact that he doesn't win every time. Yeah, you kind of got to have the cards beat Pete. You're really not going to beat Pete just skill versus skill. I'm not going to do it. The cards have got to do a lot of the work to beat right. Pete. So Pete's beside me, and Pete goes all in. Well, I'm sitting on pocket sixes, and I'm working the short stack. I said, I can go all in and still have a few chips left over, and I've got a chance to take Pete out of the game, which is going to raise my chances of winning this game 50% when he leaves. Right. Just the fact. So I call him. Well, it comes around, and my wife calls. So the cards come out. I have pocket sixes. Pete has king ace suited. My wife has jack eight offsuited. She drew the straight, took us both out. Yep. <laughs> just out of nowhere. And then, so then it was just her and one other gentleman, and he's a great guy and all that. Well, he drew a straight, and of course she drew the nut flush and just destroyed him. Oh my gosh. Just all in one foul. In, in the span of five minutes, she went from the back of the pack till the game is over and she's carrying the cigars home. <laughs> it was <laughs> amazing. Is, that is one of the things that I haven't, I haven't played poker with you guys in a while, but one of the things I've always really enjoyed about sitting at the table with your wife is the, the amount of patience. And I assume that comes from living with you for so long that that woman has to just sit there and wait her turn. I mean, she will fold bad hands all night long. Oh yeah, and and she usually lands in the top quarter of the total people. Oh, if she's there to play, she's hard to beat. Yeah. Now getting her focused in enough to play is not necessarily easy. You know, when she shows up and she's got twenty other things on her mind and all that, she's yeah. she's not going to be there. But when she's ready but to play, man, us. she'll destroy you. Yeah. But that's all of us. You know, that's no. the, that's why poker is such a, t- a difficult game because you're not just playing the cards; you're playing the people around you as well. I don't play some poker, strip poker with her no more. I got tired of sitting around in just three socks. But anyway, I've been waiting for years to tell that joke on the cigar cast. <laughs> it finally just, paid off. Just so you know, I, I may have engineered an, an entire poker night at Crown Cigar for three years just to get the just chance to, get to tell the chance that joke to one day. But I, I play the long game. But speaking of the long game... PDR finds forgotten inventory of aged cigars. I like your segue. 18,000 of them, in fact. Uh, No, I'm sorry. I missed a zero. 180,000. That's what I get for trying to rely on my memory. Um, It looks like they were part of a a production for a European customer that they just kind of, the deal fell through. The company went bust before they took delivery, and they just sat on them. For six years. So me and Pedro are standing there at Don Gonzalez. We're standing there at Madison Saturday, having a cigar together, chatting about the business. I'm probably as good at selling his cigars as he is at this point. Mm-hmm. And I'll, so I'm sitting there with him and we're um, chatting back and forth. And first I asked him a very interesting question. Why do they not put dates on cigar boxes? Why do they not put a date this this cigar rolled in Paul 2008. Gr- Paul Grammerian does. Paul Grammerian does. Okay. 
I don't smoke Paul Grammarians. You so. can't find them. There are <laughs> probably because there's a date on them. <laughs> no, there are. Um, they're they're a super exclusive brand, so they are. I think even their cheapest cigar is eighteen dollars. Um, but everything is aged a minimum of three years, and they do. They track and put on their box every. I think he only allows one retailer for every like thousand mile radius or something ridiculous. Not really, but um, but he wrote the book on cigars. Literally, the the book he. It's on my bookshelf. I'll let you borrow it. But dude knows this stuff. Anyway, I'm sorry. I derailed well, it. Oh, by no means. By all means. So me and Pedro, I said, why do they not put dates on the box? He said, well, there's a couple of reasons. He said, number one, when you put the date on the box and somebody that's not an aficionado looks and says, oh, this is a 10-year-old cigar. I ain't going to smoke this. It could hurt the sales that way. I feel like that is such a small. I do, too. Okay. The other reason probably makes more sense. He said because so many retailers have the same box, and then they just refill it out of bundles, so or they put accurate. two boxes together. Right. So you have the you have the possibility of selling somebody a box of cigars that they taste think is ten years old. That's only two years old. Well, but the other option there, or the other thing to consider is, you know, if if someone's buying a box, they're going to get a sealed box. So that would still be accurate um, to what they're buying. Now, if this singles, yeah, but I, I feel like, I don't know. I would like to have, I, I get his point, but I would love to have that information. Well, even if it's like Gibson Guitars, even if they had a grand code that you could go to Perdomo's website and type in, you know, OU812 serial number, and it spit out this box of cigars made in Nicaragua in 1986, you know. The I would go for that. The buncher was Gusto, whatever, right. and the, yeah, yeah. I could go for that. I mean, it don't. It, I don't mind doing a little work. Yeah, and I, no, I think that would be great. I think it's, and I think, I feel like that's the kind of thing that that the pandemic has kind of brought out in us, like that extra. Because we were talking about that, the the virtual herfs and the virtual tours and things like that. And I feel like that's one of those things that we kind of found that we want more of is to kind of is that that FaceTime with the people we do business with if that makes sense oh, yeah. and so Definitely. I think I think maybe that has brought out in us that we want a little more vision into the behind the scenes yeah and I th- and I do th- and I think that's part of it's doable yeah it's super doable with a minimum exertion of effort yeah they could do this for me and all but anyway that's not what we, that has nothing to do with um PDR, having a forgotten inventory of cigars. Pedro said the other thing that cigar companies do that he hates is when they say, this tobacco was aged eight years. He said, do you know what it would cost me to age a a, um, pilon of tobacco for eight years? He said, the real estate that would cost me, the The time, the labor, and it's sitting there not making no money. And then you tell me you're going to roll it up and ship it out in $10 cigars? There's no way. That was the thing. Actually, no, $5 cigars. They are five packs come in either $24 or $26 five packs. That was horribly worded. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that I can't believe. Like, why would they? I almost feel like this is a situation where I want to go to PDR and be like, guys, do you hate your product? Do you think so lowly of your product, or is it a case of this was written off the books years ago? 
So this is a budget-neutral release. These 180 cigars didn't, in the grand scheme of things, cost us anything. So we are going to release it at such an inexpensive price point so that you get the benefit of our mistake. But okay, if they got paid for the cigars and they took up real estate in the warehouse for six years, they've got a huge investment in those cigars. But Which is I mean, why they're not giving them away for free. Is yeah, I mean, I just... I'm, I, the professional real estate term in this instance is puffery. I suspect puffery on PDR's part here. Oh, in in terms of the age and yeah. the exclusivity and the, oh, yeah. you think this is just a but, fun little marketing gimmick? I was talking to someone I know who's in the know about this sort of thing, and we were talking about people having publicity stunts where this celebrity gets attacked. Right. Uh, this 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 speaks to me because there's no way you're walking through there because okay, how big a spot is 180,000 cigars? Is it the t- the size of your car? At least I would think. At least. So you're telling me you're walking through the warehouse all the time, looking around, smoking, and okay. And no hey, one's going, hey, what's in that bundle over there? Yeah, what, what that bundle over there size of a tractor trailer? Is it, what's the, what are those? Yeah. And I, Okay, so these cigars haven't been rolled over in six years, so they've just sat on one side? This is not going to be a good smoke. Well, it, it also depends on how they were, they were packaged. I mean, if they were in boxes, if they were sealed in a humidified, which I, I'm assuming this was in the aging room, right? So maybe someone's just been turning them and doing whatever they do with it. Not knowing what they were touching. I don't know. It does seem a little bit funny to me. Hey, Ricky, I was looking at the books today. You turned three cigars. No, I turned 183,000. Well, the books just say three. (laughs) One of the mysteries of life. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm not buying what they're putting down here. No, I I, I accept your... Cynicism on this one. I think it's it's interesting. I I, I do want to get my hands on one just to see, because you know the thing is, wine has this really interesting thing when you go to aging, and this is why people make such a big deal out of vintage. You don't get this with cigars, even though it's kind of a similar process. Wine will go through ebbs and flows. So whereas you know, the two thousand six of X Y Z bottle may be amazing. But then two years from now, it's not anymore. And then it, and you kind of have to ride those waves. I would be interested to see if cigars, given the opportunity to age like we do wine, would give us that sort of vintage. Yeah, I, I'm, I would be curious to, you know, Pedro and I were talking about it because he said nothing sits in his aging room that doesn't get rolled a couple of times. You know, they tend to, he tends to have guys that just go in there and their job is to roll the cigars so that they don't just lay on one side. Yeah. And I think that's a big, that's a big deal. Well, we're going to step away for a quick break and give a cigar under eight and then we'll be back with more after this. Trey here with this week's Cigar Under 8. I want to talk about, since this is kind of a Perdomo-heavy show, the Perdomo Limited Cameroon Edition. This is part of their original anniversary line from which the champagne was birthed. And they originally made it in a full line of sizes, but then the, 
the the rumor I've heard is that there was a bit of a there's a crop shortage or something in the Cameroon leaf of being able to get them in quantities or size to be able to make other other sizes than the petite Corona. So that's all you can still find. This is, in my opinion, their best cigar in the lineup, and it's six bucks. The Perdomo Cameroon is it's a sleeper. Yeah. It's not on the shelves necessarily with all the other Perdomos in the volume that you see. You know, you can get a Perdomo anywhere. And on most cigar shops, when you open a cigar shop, you start with Perdomo. Right. And Nick's one of the greatest guys in the world to come visit cigar shops and thank them for selling him his cigars and everything like that. And the Cameroon's kind of a sleeper. So if you can get your hands on one, I would definitely go for it. Definitely seek it out. You will not be disappointed. So until next week. Smoke a Perdomo Cameroon. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. It's one of your hosts, Shane. Sitting across from the man that will be starring in the live-action movie Elf on a Shelf this year at Christmas, <laughs> Mr. Trey Dedman. I, I am happy to say I have never owned one of those blasted things, and I shall never. I, so Glenda bought one at a yard sale. It was still in the box, the little elf, the complete elf in a shelf kit. I don't know why, but she bought it at a yard sale. And I'm looking at that thing. Wow, that looks a lot like Trey. And Glenda walks up. Hey, does this look like Trey to you? <laughs> it does kind of look like Trey. <laughs> so. Just, just if they do a live action Elf on the Shelf movie, you've got a job. Hey, as long as they pay, I don't care. <laughs> as long as it pays, it's not a big deal. That's to you. right. And all, but anyway, let's talk about the top ten best cigar travel humidors of 2020 from Best Gaming Pro. Okay, can, can I? Can you tell me what Gaming Pro knows about travel humidors? Well, and that was part of the reason why I chose this article. Is I was looking through here and I'm going. I'm assuming they're just looking for ad revenue on posting this kind of thing. Uh, because when I went to the website, it was one of those, we see you're using an ad blocker. Please disable it. No, I'm not going to. Thank you. Um, but so I'm wondering if they're just throwing a bunch of articles out there to try and get a bunch of traffic to their website. It, well, it worked. Um, but this is a list of the 10 best cigar travel humidors. And it's, you know, with links to them on Amazon. And most of them are the same thing. It, but it got me thinking. Yeah, we've got the standard sort of 15-count travel herfidor here it called. Um, those come in 5, 20, 10 counts. A couple of the leather f- finger cases. And it just got me thinking about what does make a good travel humidor. And I think a lot of times people confuse cigar cases with travel humidors. Well, let's break it down. So I carry the Cadillac. I carry the Peter James. You don't carry a travel humidor. No. That, no, this is that, a cigar case. Yeah. And it carries my accessories and everything. I just scrubbed it up this morning. Um, but it's the Cadillac. Yeah. And all of the cigar case world. Now, it is not a travel humidor. You know, I'm, the dumbest question somebody asks me when they see this, how does it hold humidity? Not at all. <laughs> That's not what it's for. <laughs> Zippers are not meant to hold humidity. Right. And all, but now I keep three or four cigars in it, and I rotate through enough cigars that it really don't matter. Right. You know, it moves through pretty quick in my life, and if I have one that sits in there for four or five days, I throw it back in the humidor and put something else in its place till I'm yeah till I'm back where I want to be. Well, and that was part of what I wanted to bring up when we were talking about this is the fact that 
you know, travel cases, especially like three finger cases or the metal tubes or whatever, are not travel humidors. So there's a very big difference between grabbing a couple of cigars out of your humidor to take with you to the golf course versus you're going on a week-long cruise and you're going to need to keep these humidified so you can enjoy them throughout the duration. Right. They're going to be put into a suitcase. They're going to fly in an airplane. There's a lot of havoc can be wreaked on your cigars during travel. Yeah, especially being on the sea. I mean, there's a lot of humidity when you're on the ocean. If you're, if like in my yeah, cruise it's like example, twenty foot below me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so humidity, you can almost feel it. I know. If, if you jump, you can really feel it. Yeah. So um, must haves, must haves. Uh, what makes a good travel humidor? I think locking, or or at least a a fastening enclosure it must be a mechanical locking device mm-hmm. and uh, you know my favorite one is my one of the it's not a zycar it's an off brand and the cigar caddy yeah probably and the the latch goes up and then you push down to secure it don't just push and clip yeah mine that i use is actually meant to be a case like a waterproof case for your phone but it fits Toros perfectly, and it'll fit 15 of them. So I'm like, perfect. There, there it is. Right. And that's the thing. I think you have to – I don't want Tupperware. Right. I don't want to be dependent upon Bleh. the yeah the pushing of the seal and all that. So a mechanical locking device is a must. Mm-hmm. And I'll, um, so I know a lot of guys, they get the Zycar cases. And they jerk the little cushion parts out and throw them away. And then they just stack cigars on top of cigars in that thing. So, and that's one of those things is, and I I have done that before. And in the humidor that I'm using currently, that's the way it's set up. I don't have any padding in there. Uh, But I, I rarely have it so full of cigars that it creates a bunch of extra pressure, if that makes sense. As long as they're all just kind of laying on each other, I think it's fine. If you're compressing the cigars to make them all fit, then I think you're going to end up with some issues. See, my life does not allow for that. I must have the foam. Each cigar must set in its slot because I don't want it to roll around. Right. If I throw that case across the room, I want it to land and the cigars still be in the position they were upon takeoff. Well, and that's what I like about the one I'm using because it's so small that even if I only have three in there, it's not it's not getting lost. You know, there's not a whole lot of room for it to roll around and get damaged. But, like, if we're talking about a 20-count, you know, one of the bigger ones, yeah, if you've only got three cigars and you've got no foam in that whatsoever, yeah, they're going to bounce around. They're going to get damaged. They're going to get... So what is the perfect size of one of the travel humidors to carry? So, you know, they come in the 5s, the 10s, the 15s, the 20s, and a 40. Yeah. I don't know why nobody wants to carry 30 cigars, but 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, or 20, 40. So I think this is a very individualized choice. I think this depends on who you are. You know, when I travel, I tend to be gone for a week or less. And so I don't normally carry a, a great enough number of cigars that I really need to, like, stock up. So a 40 would be overkill for me. A 10 is usually going to be fine. For me, it's a 15. Yeah. So in a five-day trip, if I lot three cigars a day, which rarely do I smoke three a day, but if I lot five, three cigars a day, 15 cigars will cover me for my entire trip with no problem. Mm-hmm. 
And also, generally, the 15-count humidor is the humidor of my choice. But it does make it a little hard for everyday carry. And that's where I think those fives come in handy. But then again, we get into the difference between a case and a humidor. I mean, the idea behind a travel humidor should be that you could leave it unattended for a month and come back to your cigars being in good shape. And if you're just taking a couple out to the golf cart, I don't think you need that as much. But just something to keep in mind, though. Yeah, you know, that's I love my Peter James case. Um, it's perfect. It holds four or five cigars, depending on what size cigars. If I go to the golf course, I can have two cigars for me and two cigars for in case I golf with somebody else that wants to smoke one. Yeah. It just works perfect for me. And my lighter's there, my cutter's there, my punch is there, my pick is there. Everything is perfect in that, that folding case. But now, have you noticed how many bad cases there are made on this model yes and also, the quality of the leather has a lot to do with it um the quality of the leather in that thing is far and away better than anything i mean because it's actual full hide leather it's not bonded leather like so right. many of the the knockoffs it's get. not pleather but it's also one of those things where it you get what you pay for so yeah. you paid extra for the quality of the craftsmanship that went into putting it together well, and the thing is, I learned a long time ago, when it comes to leather devices, pay for real leather mm-hmm. because it will last your lifetime. You know, this case will be with me forever. Yeah. There's not much chance, you know, barring a, some sort of a, a car accident where a rod gets thrown through it, there's not much chance of this case getting damaged and it's me an not being piece. with me. Yeah, it becomes a piece of a part of the family. You know, I was hunting with my buddy and his wife and she said oh i need to get me one of those um gun straps like you've got to put on my gun to carry it into the woods where did you get that one and i said i'm sorry this strap is older than you are honey (laughs) (laughs) i said you can buy them anywhere but the straps like this because it's a nice hand-tooled leather strap been on matilda since the day i got her yeah and it just matilda's my 30 out six um, and it just holds perfect. It's still as nice as the day. Now, I treat it. Yeah. I keep leather treatment at my house, and I put a little treatment on it. Leather will treat you as well as you treat it. And, that, and you know, stuff like that. So things like that bring so much joy to my life. Yeah. You know, how, that case has brought so much joy to my life. And uh, the gun strap has brought joy. My knife cases that are good leather my tree band broker knives that are german soldier steel quality products whether handcrafted or mass produced just to a higher quality always do bring joy yeah there, there's something almost meditational about being around something which was so elegantly and thoughtfully crafted to the point where it can stand the test of time Oh, yeah. There's just something about it. So when you are looking to purchase that kind of product, obviously you don't go to Wish for that. You don't go to Walmart for that. You rarely can go to Amazon for that. Right. Where do you go? Where do we, where do we send people to buy heirloom quality? Wow, this would be a great commercial. It would be. We should have got some money from somebody on this deal. Um, where do you send people to get that kind of gear? I think it really, you know, that's one of those things that I didn't, I hadn't really put much thought into because I'm one of, and it's something I've noticed lately. I am of the type of person 
where if there is a gap in my knowledge base, I am going to research and I'm going to dive in and I'm going to deep dive and I'm going to do Google searches. I'm going to go to forums and I'm going to go all these places and really just kind of fill in those gaps as much as I can. And then once I have established a certain baseline, then I'm going to reach out to people individually to fill in those so that because I always like to be able to ask intelligent questions. Sure. I don't want to say, what's a wrench? I want to say, what size wrench do I need to secure the fuel nozzle on a jet engine? That come off, come up often in your life? Often enough. So <laughs> I can't imagine that comes up over 50% of the time when you're out <laughs> in public. I just... <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't spend much time around jet engines, <laughs> undoubtedly. Um, so, what I'm noticing though is that that is kind of a unique trait. There are so many people that just don't possess any type of kind of troubleshooting ability, critical thinking, research ability. Well, but there's some. So here's some websites I trust. I was building somewhere, but no, oh, go okay. right ahead. Go, go for well, your website. Hey, uh, you, you were diddling around no, over I there. No, I was laying the groundwork for, like, never mind. Keep, no, just go. Okay. Just go. Uh, sometimes the you got to shoot the engineer and build the house. And uh, I like, you know, last week we had an article from Art of Manliness. Mm-hmm. They don't have much there in the way of gear, but they linked me up to Huckberry. Have you ever bought anything from Huckberry? I haven't. H-U-C-K-B-E-R-R-Y.com. And they used to be a lot better than they are. Used to, Huckberry had 10 or 12 items at a time on their website. Now they've got thousands. But they're always okay. um, top quality stuff. You know, they've got biking. They've got running, fishing. Their everyday carry section is awesome because they have all these great knives. Now, you pay for everything there. Right. But, like, my whiskey stones came from Huckberry. Okay. My platinum playing cards came from Huckberry. There's a lot. There's some stuff like that that I've bought that's really fancy stuff that I really like. So Huckberry's. Oh, kind of, I actually have a pair of pants in one of the brands that they make. I didn't realize that's where it came from. Yeah. Okay. They 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 make a lot of good stuff. I like Huckberry for guy gear. They do a great job. Um, Adam Carolla just launched. Hundred twenty eight dollars for a pair of pants. Oh, it's expensive. Yeah, it is. You know, it's expensive. But now if you check their sales side. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. You can catch something that they're trying to clearance out, especially in your size. Your size is easy to catch stuff being clearanced out. My size is not. Most places don't even carry my size. But, you know, Benchmade Knife sells on Huckberry. We've talked about Benchmade before and how good they are. Um, Bespoke Post, their boxes are kind of cool. I'm not a huge fan because I think they get tied up so much in the in the subscription piece of it, and I just that kind of puts me off. Uh, and and I think because it's a way for them to charge more than you really ought to have to pay for some of the stuff that they sell. I like the idea though. Well, and I don't. I'm not a big of the subscription stuff. You know, I was a member of BattleBox for a while. Yeah. And all, and they sent me a bunch of cool stuff. But at some point, you got to say, okay, this stuff's cool, but when am I going to need this? When or, am I going to use, use this? it? Or yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not prepping for a zombie apocalypse here. I don't have to have this level of gear at all times. Um, you know, Adam Carolla just launched RenManUSA.com, Renaissance Man. And there's, I've been perusing that. There's some really cool stuff on there. And, uh, you know, so it's worth buying some really cool just guy stuff to have. I don't think that's 
I don't believe that's consumerism. But I'm working your side of the street now. How so? Well, you're the kind of person that would be outraged by consumerism. I don't. I don't care about consumerism. Are you kidding? I. No, that that's one of those things that doesn't really factor into how other people want to spend their money. Isn't really doesn't factor into my life at all. And so, and especially, I will say. The, the the modern consumer over the last couple of decades has shown that we are making a move back towards handmade, handcrafted, artisan products, and I fully support that. And yes, you pay more for it. So I guess in a way, you're paying more than you have to for something just so you can have this version of it. Maybe that's a bit hyper consumerism, but I. But if it's keeping someone's kid in little league versus buying a second island in Barbados. Or the Bahamas, rather, uh, then then I'm all for it. Um, yeah, but you know, um, cigar lighters. Cigar lighters are one of those things. I don't believe that the St. Dupont lighter. I don't believe any lighter is worth what St. Dupont charges for their lighters. No, I don't either. It, you pay that because you want people to see that you have it. Yeah. To, now that's consumerism. That is consumerism. And that, I'm not really a fan of that. Now, I like having a nice lighter. But I don't begrudge anybody for that. You know, I, I would never do it. If I go at the, the Powerball's at like 162 or something like that, if I were to hit it tomorrow, I don't think I'd go buy a DuPont lighter. No, I mean, yeah. I just, it's just not. But there are people who would, and I say, go, good for you. Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> There, there's guys, you know, I see in here, and they whip out their ST DuPont gear, and they're very proud of it, and I'm very proud for them to have it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not me. It's not, you know, I'm one, I'm prone to lose a light or two often right. to actually do that. And I, I, love, I've, I left a lighter. you got to love the country. I went last week on my week off and played golf down in Savannah, Tennessee, at Shiloh Falls, or Shiloh Country Club, Golf Cunt Club. And I left my nice lighter in the golf cart. That one? No, no, it's or the, your your Julius? No, not my Julius. My other my jet. It was outside, so I couldn't use my Julius. Um, I left my lighter in the golf cart. I called Shiloh Country Club and I said, "Hey, if somebody turns in a lighter, it says Crown Cigars on it. It's gunmetal gray. It's saying, oh yeah, yeah, we got it right here. <laughs> somebody brought it in and said, "Hey, this was left on the golf cart. Will you be sure it gets back to its owner?" How cool is that? That is cool. Does that just not reestablish your faith in humanity it, as a whole? It does. So, just I think it's worth paying a little extra. So, where do you go? What if I wanted top end bicycle gear? Uh, what see, would I go to? Well, and this is where this is kind of what I was getting at is is I think this is one of those things that you and I are so very different is because you find these little corners of the internet like Huckberry and things that are kind of a curation of really cool stuff, whereas I tend to go the back way around and find specific sites. So I can tell you, you know, you know, I've done some deep dives on um, Rafa, which is a uh, company that makes cycling clothing that's like $300 for a shirt and that's, and you know, and $400 for shorts. So th- those things are definitely out there. I was going to say, one of the things that I have started doing and that I've really enjoyed with whether it's a new hobby or whether I'm just trying to figure out some more information on something is, is going to Reddit. Now, Reddit's a dark place. 
and it's not for everybody, and it's certainly not good for anybody's health to spend too much time there. However, they have these little, they call them subreddits or sub-communities for everything. If it's a video game you like, if it's a hobby, like fishing, whether it's, or Nashville and Tennessee each have their own. There are great little corners of that website where you can find information about anything, and it's a great way to get in front of other enthusiasts or even experts and be able to ask questions and kind of get, um, you know, uh, I was having a little bit of an issue with my car a couple weeks ago, and I went to Jeep Renegade. My car has a specific subreddit for it, and I asked my question. Within 30 minutes, I had not only a relevant answer, but steps to troubleshoot, and I had it fixed. Yeah, it's, it's really handy. That's one of the beautiful things about the Internet is you can find information on anything. I will tell you the best bespoke thing that I have bought lately, aside from my case that was my wife bought me for my birthday, I bought the Solo Stove. Oh, the did Solo you? Solo Fire Pit. It is everything they advertise and more. We threw three pieces of wood in it the other night and were warm for the length of a cigar with no problem. Wow. It burns so efficient because what it is is this solo stove was originally a Kickstarter. And they wanted to sell like 100,000 of them and ended up with like 1.3 million (laughs) going out on this Kickstarter because everybody loved it so much because it's super efficient. What it is is the ash is actually set up on a grill and the heat goes below, and it's convection. Yeah. So when you throw a piece of wood in it, the whole wood is immediately engulfed in flames. Great little... For the cigar guy that loves to sit out back and have a smoke, um, the Solo Stove is awesome. I may have to look into that. That and sounds pretty cool. I mean, they're, 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 they're about $300, a little on the upside. Yeah. But by the time you buy... You know, I've built a fire pit. By the time I go and I buy the blocks, by the time I level out the piece of ground, by the time I get the blocks in the right order, get all the fire right, get the air draw right through yeah. the bottom, by the time you do all that and then weed eat around the dang thing every time you go to mow your yard, I could have just bought this and been way ahead of the game. Right. <laughs> well, all. and then I guess to your question earlier, Kickstarter really is a great place to find people doing some new and innovative and creative stuff. Now, you have to wait quite a while before you get your stuff because it may or may not fund and, and any number of other things but uh, there's a there's a cell phone that I've got my eye on that's been on Kickstarter for years and they're they're doing an update and doing some things and it's basically it goes back it looks like the old Nokia nothing but phone calls and text messages and there's a part of me that wants to pull the trigger on that so bad I can't stand it yeah just so, just something simple yeah go back can, to basics I can understand that alright so Jump back to cigars. Tell me about your Perdomo. It lost me in the middle. The draw opened up where it's a, it's a little bit looser than I would actually prefer, which is an uncommon problem for me lately, so I'm actually not upset about it. But I'm not getting that mouthfeel that I was at the beginning. Yeah, it's just another Perdomo. It, it is. I mean, it's a good cigar. It's a, it, it's almost a great cigar, and I would say, yeah, it's, a, it's a five and a half. That's what that's what I had in mind. I had about a five and a half for it, for the Perdomo tenth anniversary Sun Grown. We've got the Maduro to smoke. We'll I'll throw them in the locker and we'll smoke them at some future right. destination and see if it does but any better. Yeah, I am really enjoying it. 
Uh, yeah, Perdomo never disappoints. That's the thing I love about him is that you're never going to get less than a five out of Perdomo. You're never yeah. going to get a seven out of Perdomo, but you're never going to get less than a five. But that's that's what I don't understand. If they can make fives, why can they not make sevens? Why? What? What keeps them? What's? The, why is the ceiling on Perdomo? Nick Perdomo has been in the business. He's one of the most respected men in the business. He really understands cigars. Walmart doesn't sell Ferraris. And I'm not sitting here calling Perdomo the Walmart of the cigar industry by any stretch of the imagination, but everyone's got their lanes. And, you know, as I mentioned at the top of the show, their sun-grown wrapper, they do better than anybody else can do a sun-grown wrapper. Sun-grown wrapper is not a terribly expensive wrapper to make. So it kind of keeps the cost down. And everything they do, they, they, unlike everybody else, own every stage of the production. It's all done in-house. The only thing they buy is the cellophane. And that's right. because they can't figure out how to make it themselves. So, you know, and, and I wonder if that's part of why their costs are so low compared to some of the people in the, in the same sort of quality range. Well, and I'll tell you, this I would. This is a great cigar to put in the hand of somebody that's just started smoking but is ready to step up. This is a good step-up smoke. Yeah. I mean, no. it's, 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 a great, it's not going to blow your socks off, but it's a good step-up smoke. And because of Nick's reputation and because of what an, an amazing kind of ambassador to the industry that he is, Perdomo has a cult following. You know, there are people that smoke nothing but Perdomo. In fact, I would say there are probably monogamous, more monogamous Perdomo smokers than maybe any other brand outside of maybe Davidoff. Yeah, probably. But they, on a, they have on a, a very passionate following. Yeah. And, and they and duly earned. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they deserve their following. Absolutely like it, but it's a five. This is a five and a half. He didn't knock my socks off of this one. No, but I am really glad I got to smoke it. So I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I would probably buy another one. Oh, I would, at the, absolutely. At the same time, I usually smoke a Perdomo when I just want something that I know is going to perform. And I'm having a good day. And when I Alabama beats Tennessee. When Alabama, the perfect cigar. When Alabama beats Tennessee, perfect cigar. Exactly. And all it's now when it's twenty three, you know, twenty three, twenty one, and Alabama just barely beats Tennessee. Well, then you can you can squeak out a Padron. No, there you go. But when it's fifty four to fourteen, well, then you probably can go ahead and smoke a Perdomo. <laughs> and I'll to, to put a bow on the show. How do they get oh, a hold of us? On that note. Uh, we can be reached via email at info at thecigarcast.com. We're on facebook.com slash thecigarcast and Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening this week. Until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.